verses 9 through 15. If you have it, please say amen. Praise Jesus. I love God. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. standing let's pray father we do thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to, to go into your word we thank you for the proclamation of your word you said by the foolishness of preaching men are many right and so father we're asking you to come in a fresh way to help us to hear what the spirit of god is saying to the church that we might truly be transformed in every way we walk in your presence and we thank you lord for what you're going to do in and through each and every one of us today all God's people say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> Today we're going to be ironically talking about becoming a friend of God. Uh, but before we get started with our message, I have a question I want to ask you this morning. How many of you are Facebook people? Raise your hand. How many of you got a Facebook page? Then if you have a Facebook page, the rest of you all don't, I don't know where you've been. Uh, but um, for those who don't know, Mark Zuckerberg is, a, is the, basically the founder and the owner of Facebook. This young man has created a monster of a company. They bring in somewhere, they're worth somewhere between 50 and $80 billion. That's money that we can't even imagine. But he tapped into something that I think is very, very important. It really strikes at the core of who we are as people. All of us desire relationships. All of us desire this sense to want to be connected. He tapped into that. And through Facebook, you are able to meet new friends. And not only meet new friends, but get reacquainted with some old friends. That can be good or bad. But before we go any further, we have a video for you uh, that we want to show you how it works. Let's take a look. Finish updating my status and we'll be all set. <laughs> Being interrupted by an annoying woman. Yeah. You know that I can see this, right? I do, I do. Hey, do you ever get friend requests from people you just have no idea who they are? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I've got this one guy right now. He likes carpentry, he likes fishing, and he says his name is Jesus. <laughs> that's not Jesus, that's Jesus. Ah, yeah, that's why his picture looks so familiar. I'm just going to ignore him and move on. Well, so you're going to ignore Jesus? Yeah. Do you not think that he would notice that he sent you an invitation and that you ignored him? Yeah, that's a good point. So, what I should do is I should accept his friend request, and in a couple months, I'll just block him. That's a good point. 
why would you accept his friend request if you have no intention of having a relationship with him anyway? You do know who we're talking about here, right? I mean, this is Jesus. I can't have him looking at all my pictures and all my status updates and all my notes. Are you kidding? That's nuts. I'm not going to do it. Well, you don't know this guy. I've been friends with him for a really long time. You should see some of his status updates. I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have him in there looking around. I don't need any more friends. I've got over 300 friends. I mean, <laughs> how many friends does he have? Really? Okay, all right. That's a lot of friends. I'll give you that. Jesus has a lot of friends. You know, he really wants you to accept him. Here's the thing. If I do accept him, then I pretty much have to change the way I do everything else. <laughs> That's the whole point. And besides... Look at all the friends you'll have in common. You won't be alone. Is he the kind of guy that's going to poke me? Uh, yeah, occasionally, but only if you deserve it. Well, I guess maybe it's time that I accept him. He's been asking me for a while, and I think maybe that's a good idea. Do you mean it? I think I do this time. <laughs> Welcome to the group. Alright. Does he play that farm game? Well, I know he likes sheep. <laughs> Well, isn't it good to know that Jesus, on a regular basis, he's always requesting to be your friend. And if you happen to be, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is one of those times where he is making a request. Also, if you happen to be a Christian this morning, just because you're a believer doesn't necessarily mean that you are a friend of God. Now, I've just created some tension in the room, but we'll fix that a little bit later. The point is, is that God desires an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. He loves you with an everlasting love. He sent his son to die for your sin that, that you might have life. And so he, he comes to you, he comes to us, and he says that he wants to be our friend. And he keeps on sending those friend requests because in his mercy he knows what's best for us. I'm reminded of a scripture in Matthew chapter 11, number 11, verses 28 through 30, where Jesus says, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You will find rest for your souls. We live in a society today where people are looking for something. They're, they're looking for satisfaction. And for you Mick Jagger fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. But the only one that can really give you real and lasting satisfaction is Jesus. And that whenever we try to find that satisfaction in anything else other than Jesus, how many know you are going to be disappointed? And you have been disappointed. But he comes to fill a void that all of us needs. There's another scripture in the Bible where Jesus says that let him who thirsts come unto me and drink. How many of you this morning say you're thirsty? How many know he is the great thirst preacher? Not the Gatorade or your power drink, but the kind of thirst that he gives, the kind of thirst that he quenches, would quench the, the, the deep desires and the longings of our souls and of our hearts. But we must be willing to come to him. And when he says that he wants to be a friend, he doesn't just want to be that kind of shallowy, 
God or Jesus that just kind of way out there that we just kind of have this knowledge of. But he really wants to come inside of us and he wants to talk to you. Jesus wants to have a meeting with you every day. Do you know that he cares about you, about the things concerning you even more than you do? He desires a very passionate relationship with you. Now we must understand something. That when you decide that you want to be a friend of God, you can expect that you're going to have some issues with some people. What do I mean by that? Because you live in a world where most people don't really want to be a friend of God. And you've got to make up in your mind whose side you're going to be on. In fact, if you turn with me to James chapter 4 in your Bibles, and we're going to come back to John. But turn with me to James chapter number 4. I want you to run there. When you get there, you can say amen. And we'll look at verse number 4. James here says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you uh, not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. There's another verse in Revelation where Jesus said, I wish that you were hot or cold. He said, because if you're not one or the other, I will spit you out. How many know you can't have your cake and eat it too with God? So if we want to, let's establish something right, on, right at the beginning, that if we want to be friends with God, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us some relationships. It's going to cost us some friends. But how do you know that the rewards are well worth it? Because when you have God as your friend, you can't get much bigger than that. So he desires to be your friend. We must make up in our minds if we want to be his friend as well. When we talk about friendship, we're not talking about the kind of friendship uh, that we have, uh, the Facebook friends that many of us have. Uh, you know, let's be honest, that many of the friends, I have over 500 and some Facebook friends on my Facebook page, uh, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that they're not all my friends. Uh, they are my acquaintances. There are people that I know. There are people that have hunted me down. I get these requests. I have no idea who they are. And I look at them like, wow. But they're not really friends in the true sense of the word. When, when, when Jesus talks about friendship, he's talking about an intimacy level where we bear our souls, where we're, we're interconnected with him. That, that every fiber of our being that we seek him, we long for him, and we live for him every day of our lives. How many know that he will not disappoint you. Amen. And so we're going to look at three characters this morning. We're not going to keep it too long. Three characters in the Bible that demonstrated what it is to be a friend of God. We're going to look at a man named Enoch. Everybody say Enoch. Enoch. I don't know too many people today named Enoch. But we're going to look at Abraham, and we're going to look at Moses. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, is a very, very small verse. When you get there, you say amen. amen. And it reads, and Enoch walked with God. All right? I, I want you to hear that. Enoch walked with God. Say that with me. Enoch walked with God. Let's say it again. Enoch walked with God. Now watch. And he was not, for God took him. All right? 
Now, in Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, but you can just write this verse down. In Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 5 says, By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, watch this, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now you won't find a whole lot of information about Enoch in the Bible. In fact, the verse is a very, very small verse. But it says something very, very important. It says that, that Enoch, he walked with God. In other words, he believed God. He trusted God and he obeyed God and he had a relationship. And the Bible declares that Enoch walked so close to God that God just took him. God just decided to say, Enoch, come with me. And But interestingly enough, it says that, that Enoch had a testimony. What was Enoch's testimony in Hebrews? Let me do that again. What was Enoch's testimony in Hebrews chapter 5, 11 verses 5? He had a testimony that he pleased God. Now, when we talk about being a friend of God, that's what we're talking about this morning. I want them off and joke with my wife when I say to her, I say, you know, when, when, when I die, they, they all, all they need to put on my tombstone is this is what I want. Uh, Gary Bailey, date of birth, and he walked with God. How do you know that's powerful? Amen. You don't have to say a whole lot. I mean, what was what, 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 had to switch. Let's try this again. Amen. Amen. I'm going to hold this thing. Is that okay? Amen. All right. So, so Brother Larry over here, what's, what, Brother Larry, what, what do we want to say about Brother Larry? Brother Larry walked with God. What do you want to say about Sister April? She walked with God. Wow, Mom, can you tell me about great-granddad? And can you tell me about great-grandmama? You know, they walked with God. Is that the kind of testimony that you want to have? I don't know about you, we live in a world today where people don't understand the benefits of walking with God. The reason why our world today is in such turmoil is because people refuse to walk with God, but they don't know that if they walk with God, all of their desire, everything that they're longing for, they will find in Him. But, but you have to walk with Him, Amen. And, and the interesting thing about it is God wants to, think about this. You mean to tell me that God of the universe wants to be my friend. God of the universe wants to be my friend. And in order to be a friend of God, all you have to do is turn your life over to him and walk with him. Amen? That's Enoch. Let's take a look at another character in the Bible. Let's take a look at Abraham. Turn with me to Genesis. Chapter number 18. Genesis chapter number 18. On the floor. Amen. Hallelujah. They know I need my glasses. <laughs> when you get to Genesis chapter amen, you can say amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 18. Now I want you to think for a moment about, if you know a little bit about Abraham, man of God. It says in verse number 16. Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, 
Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? I, I want you to think about that. God said concerning Abraham, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm, what I'm about to do? Now, why would God say that concerning Abraham? Well, if you know that, if you know anything about Abraham, Abraham was a man that God told to get up from his country, and he wanted him to leave and go into a place that God will later tell him about. God didn't even tell him. God said, Abraham, I want you to get up. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything you're familiar with. And I want you to go to a place that I will tell you about later. How I many you know that's faith? Abraham, he gets up and go. God makes him a promise. God says to Abraham, I'm going to give your son, and through your son Isaac, all the families of the earth is going to be blessed. So they have Isaac, and then God says to Abraham one day, he say, you know the son that I told you that you were going to have that was going to be a blessing for all the nations? I want you to take that son and go sacrifice him as an offering. Now, for those of you who are curious, he never killed his son, amen? But God was testing Abraham to see if Abraham would obey him. And so all along the way, Abraham, he's walking with God. And so, so God is talking to Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Abraham, I want you to look into the stars of heaven because if you can count all the stars of heaven, so shall your descendants be. So this man, Abraham, had a relationship with God. He walked with God. He loved God. And so God says concerning Abraham, he says now in verse 17, let's go back to it. He says, shall I hide anything from Abraham what I'm doing? How do you know that God knows quite a bit? <laughs> He's all-knowing, amen? And God says, shall I hide anything from Abraham? In other words, whatever, not only what I'm doing am I going to share with Abraham, but, but I'm also going to tell Abraham what I'm about to do. How many know you don't just come to that place with God? You have to spend time with him. Yeah. You have to love him. You have to serve him. Abraham says, Abraham, I'm not going to hide anything from Abraham. When I get ready to do something, I am going to tell my friend Abraham. Now, do you believe that you can have that kind of friendship with you know that God want to have that kind of relationship with you so that whatever God is getting ready to do, he would bring you in on the inner circle and say, look, look, before I do this, I want to tell you. How I many know we'll serve a lot of the world's ills? See, we need people who want to be friends of God. We need people who want to draw close enough to God because when we do, how I many know God will talk to you? God will give you answers. God will give us wisdom. God will give us revelation. You know, I'm, I, I, I get tickled sometimes because... You know, our politicians, they're all in the uproar. They're, they're just trying to figure out how they're going to fix all this stuff. But how many know that, that, that God knows how to fix it? And the people of God ought to be the people, and ought to be the people in the know. That when people want to know answers, when people want to get understanding, they can come to the people of God and say, you know what? Let me go to sister so-and-so. Let me go to brother so-and-so, because I know they've been talking to God. Uh, can people say that about your life? Can they say, or do they say when they're in their workplaces? Do they say, you know what, let me, let me go to brother so-and-so. Let me go to sister so-and-so because I don't understand what's going on in this world. I don't understand none of it. But, but maybe brother so-and-so, they seem to have that Bible. You know, they've been reading that Bible. They've been praying. Maybe they have some answers. I believe that the church is the home of the world. And Jesus wants us to be in the know. The question is, how bad do you want to be? 
do you really want to know and be a friend of God? As we said before, being a friend of God, it costs you. But let's look a little bit more into Abraham. It says in verse number 18, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Talking about Abraham. Now watch this. For I have known him. Now, now you got to understand what God is saying. He says, I know Abraham, just like he bragged about Job. Y'all remember the story about Job? The Bible, God was bragging about Job. God, God said, Job is an upright man. He fears God. Now, how many know when God starts bragging on you, 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 you're doing pretty good. Amen. When God starts bragging on you, 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 you're doing something really special. But he said, now, for I know Abraham. Well, what, what does God know about Abraham? Let's look at this. In order that he may command his children, watch this, and his household after him. So now we kind of see what kind of man Abraham was. He was a just and righteous man, amen? And he commanded his children to walk after him. How many know that we are supposed to, parents, command our children to walk with God? We are supposed to be the kind of people. You know, I like what it says in this verse. It says uh, uh, that not only his children, but his household. That means that everybody who was in Abraham's household, Abraham had it so that when you come in my house or when you come into my domain, you need to understand something that here we serve the Lord. I, every now and then I have guests that come in my house, my daughter will tell you. We have guests that will come and visit with us. And uh, inevitably they, they will say they want to spend the weekend or whatever. And they'll say, but, you know, Sunday we're going to sleep in. And we tell them right up front, no, 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 no. When you come to Pastor Baylor's house on Sunday, we all go to church. We go to church on Sunday to worship God. Now, we tell them that up front. Now, some of them will go get a hotel room, but that's okay. But, but what are we saying? We're saying that as for me and my house, yeah. that we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. And so you need to be a kind of person that when people are around you, watch this, that, that you command a certain kind of respect because you walk with God. Yeah. You know, when you really walk with God, people know you walk with God. And even if they're not right, how I many know they'll hold their tongue even if they curse around you? They'd be like, oh, 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 see, if people can curse and they can joke around and say all kind of perversion around you and, and they feel no conviction, you got to ask yourself, what have I been, what kind of life am I living here? Because when you walk with God, how I many know people take note? No way you can walk with God and there's not a change in your life. So he says to Abraham, 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 I'm going to tell Abraham everything I do because I know that Abraham is a kind of person that he's going to command his children and he's going to command his household. Watch this. Let's keep reading. His household, watch. That they may keep the way of the who? Of the Lord. To do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. How do you want that kind of testimony? That God says that I'm not going to hide anything from him. Because Abraham, he have a godly lifestyle. He walked Let's turn with me to Numbers, chapter number 12. We're going to look at one more. We're going to look at Moses. Now, all of you all, how many of you have ever seen the movie, The Ten Commandments? Then you know a little bit about Moses, but we're going to look at, turn with me to Numbers, chapter number 12. Numbers, chapter number 12. You get there, you can say amen. How many know Moses was a mighty man of God? God called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. They were in bondage and they were being oppressed by Pharaoh. Moses, this man Moses was called by God out of a burning bush. God said, Moses, 
I've seen the affliction of my people. I've seen the difficulty and the hardship. And Moses, I'm sending you. So God sent Moses to go to the Pharaoh to demand that the people of God be released. So ultimately, through a series of plagues and judgment, the people of God were set free. Amen? And so Moses was the kind of man that had earned a lot of respect among the people. Uh, and, I, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because there were some, as we will see here, that didn't quite understand the kind of relationship that Moses had with God. Moses has such a, a passionate relationship with God that Moses would go up on the mountaintop and he would spend like 40 days. How many of you have ever did that? He spent like 40 days in the presence of God. 40 days. And the Bible says that when Moses would come down from being in the presence of God, that his face would shine with the glory of God. How many know that when you've been in God's presence, the glory of God shines on your life. So Moses would go up there, and, and the people would get all discouraged. They'd be like, where is Moses? We, we, we've been waiting around, and we don't know what's become of Moses. So the people of God began to, to get into sin, and they created their own God. I don't know why they did that. And they fashioned some God, and, and they said, we're going to worship this, this, this image. So they begin to worship this image. And so this same Moses, who God had had let them out, the people didn't understand who Moses was and where Moses got his strength from. Moses was spending time with the one who was his great supplier. Moses was spending time with God because he developed a love for God. He developed a passion for God. He developed a hunger for God. How many of you want that in your life? Now what? I want you to see something here concerning Moses. So Moses, you understand now what kind of person Moses was? Now watch this. Now when the people complain, how many know people do complain? Uh, by the way, God never likes complaining. So if you're used to complaining, stop. Look at the neighbor and say, stop complaining. Yeah, look at the neighbor again and say, stop complaining. Uh, God don't like complaining, amen? I thought I just threw that in there for free. That didn't cost anything. Uh, now when the people complain, it displeased the who? Y'all read it with me? Y'all have the verse? No? When the people complain, it displeased who? We're in Numbers chapter number 11. Oh, oh we got the wrong verse? Yeah. Well, tell me if you hear your Bible, turn to Numbers chapter 11. Hurry up, go real quick. And we're going to start in verse 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. Now I want you to read with me. We are a Bible church. We don't like to give our opinions. We like to preach the word. Amen. So that's when we do it. Now when the people complain, it displeased who? For the Lord what? Uh-oh. I say they got in trouble. <laughs> and when the people complain, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it. And his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned against them, watch this, and consumed some of them in the outskirts of the camp. Hmm. I'm just trying to think. You know what? I just think I just read the wrong. What did I tell you guys? Twelve. I read the wrong verse. Jump on over to Numbers chapter 12. Say, <laughs> so Pastor made a mistake. That's okay, but that was good. Like, that was something that you were supposed to get from that too. All right. Now, verse number one, Numbers chapter 12. I thought I said chapter 12. Are you there? Say amen again. That's why y'all was quiet, because I was messing up, and nobody had the guts to say, Pastor, he's messing up. All right. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman, which he had married. 
for those who need translation, he married a black woman, and some folks had a problem with it. You know they had a problem with that way back then. <laughs> God ended up in the Bible, didn't he? Uh-huh. And uh, verse 2, so they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? In other words, has God only spoken through Moses and I mean, after all, we are anointed too. Who does Moses think he is telling us what to do? I mean, who really is Moses after all? God has anointed me too. How many of you have ever said that? Is bold enough to say, yeah, I've been there, done that. So he said, has the Lord indeed only spoken through Moses? Has he not spoken through us? And the Lord heard it. There it is again. The Lord what? He heard it. Now watch this. The man Moses was very humble. More than all men who were on the face of the earth. Now that's something that we need to take note of. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam. Now you know Aaron and Miriam, they're talking about Moses. God said, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. Now, you, know, you, can always, you can already see that this is not going to be a great meeting when God said, come out, come out, all of you. And so, in verse number five, then the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aram and Miriam, and they both went forward. Now, let's look and see what God says to them. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. Now watch. I speak to him in a dream, but not so with my servant Moses. <laughs> For he is faithful. Everybody say faithful. In all my house. I speak with him face to face. Did you see that? How does God speak to Moses? Face to face. Face to face. Mm. Even plainly. And not in dark sayings. In other words, God said, you don't need to speak to Moses in parable. He just, he just tell Moses what he's thinking. <laughs> you know, um, there was one scripture in the verse where the, where the people of God started acting up so bad that God got mad at him and told Moses. He said, Moses, okay, that's it. I had enough. I'm going to destroy all of these people, and I'm going to start all over again with you. And thank God, Moses intercedes a hold up, God, wait a minute, don't do that. But Moses, God had such a kind of relationship with Moses that Moses, that God would first share that with Moses, and then God would stop because Moses said, God, don't do it. I mean, no, that's relationship. That's what we want. He said, I speak, verse 8, I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of God. Wow. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, there's a lot of uh, pastors and a lot of time we use this to teach about authority. But I want to use it to, to say something that's a little bit different. Moses had such a relationship with God that God covered him. I imagine that Moses knew nothing about this conversation. And you know, one of the things is, how many of you got some enemies? How many of you got some folks that don't like you? How many of you have some struggles on your job or wherever, in your family, some difficulty? Watch. See, when you walk with God, you don't have to try to fight for yourself. 
God didn't hear that. See, when, you, when you're a friend of God, you don't have to try to, to fight your own battles. You, do, you know the best way that we fight our battles as Christians? On our knees. Talking to God. Praying to God. God, today, Lord God, I'm praying that you would handle this situation for me. Lord, you know they did this and that to me. They wronged me. But God, I'm trusting you, God, to do it. I'm trusting you, Lord, to make a way. I'm trusting you, God, to vindicate me. How do you know God vindicated Moses? Now, you go on and read. Uh, Miriam got struck with leprosy. And why did God do that? And you would say, man, that's a harsh punishment. I just go to show that Moses was tight with God. Moses had a deep relationship. That's why you better be careful. You want to mess with somebody, make sure you mess with somebody who ain't a friend of God. Because <laughs> you go mess with somebody who's a friend of God, you will get yourself in trouble. That's why I'm very careful. I don't talk about, you rarely ever hear me talk about other preachers because I'm scared because I don't know what God is doing in their life. And I don't want to open my mouth and say nothing negative because I may say something and get myself in trouble because I may know that your arms are too short to box with God. Uh, that's probably one battle you will not win. I promise you. So you want to mess with somebody, make sure they don't love God. <laughs> you shouldn't be messing with anybody. Period. But if you get froggy, just, just got to keep that in mind. Amen? Now, now turn with me. And, and this is our last verse we're going to look at. Turn with me to John chapter number 15. This is where we started. Amen? The Gospel of John chapter 15. I think I got this one right. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. The Gospel of John chapter number 15. Now, we said at the beginning of this message is that, that God wants to have a very intimate and close relationship with you. We said that this is really, it's up to you. How close do you want to be with God? How many of you would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to be used by God in this generation in a mighty way? You say, how many of you say, well, Pastor, I really want to make a difference in the earth. I want my life to count for something for God. How many of you say that? Right? Some of the most, I want to say this, some of the most, when you look through the Bible, some of the people that did some of the most amazing and incredible things, they had a very close relationship with God. Think about the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says, I want to know him. I even want to know him so much that I want to fellowship with his suffering. I want to be conformed even to his death. Paul was hungry. He understood that there was something unique about pursuing God in this way. And most people don't think about being a friend of God. As we sung that song, I want you to leave here today singing that song. I am a friend of God. Now, now you need to be able to say that now. Because not everybody is a friend of God. You know, friendship, it costs you just a little bit. It costs you some time. And yes, it would even cost you a life. But how do you know it's, it's the best life for you? I'm telling you that today. Now watch, watch what Jesus says. Now watch this. He says, now this is my commandment. We're going to stop. Let's start in verse number 9. In uh, John chapter 15. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, watch this. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments 
and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now look at verse number 12. This is my commandment. Watch, watch what Jesus says. That you love one another as I have loved you. How are we to love each other? We don't love each other based on how other folks love us, right? Our relationship is gauged by how God responds to us. Now watch. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his own life for his what? Right. Now watch this. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I what? Command you. So, so let's understand something. We can't be a friend of God until we resolve in our heart that we're going to be obedient to him. See, if you're still struggling with love, of people, if you're still struggling with, you know, I don't know if I'll, I'll be, I'll forgive, and you know, I mean, if you're still struggling, oh, I don't know if I need to give money to support the kingdom of God, and if you're still struggling with bad attitudes, and you're trying to decide, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, then, then you really can't be a friend of God yet. We have to resolve in our heart first and foremost. You know what? I am going to obey what God says, even if it don't make sense to me. And how many know that sometimes God requires things of you that doesn't make sense? Get used to it. Most of the things that God is going to ask of you is going to go counter to the way that the world, your counterpart, do things. you got to resolve that in your heart. But you must say to yourself, you must come to the place in your life where you say, you know what? If I'm really going to be a friend of God, if we can really sing that song with conviction, we got to come to a place where we say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with God anymore. You know what? They, they did some horrible things to me, but you know what? I'm going to release it. I'm going to let it go. You know why? Because I love God too much. I'm not going to wrestle anymore with, 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 with the, the, the things that I struggle with. I'm, I'm not going to play with sin. I mean, no, playing with sin is dangerous. But I'm going to pursue God. Jesus said it this way. He says, now, you are my friends if you do what I say. So friendship is conditional. You have to do what he said. Now watch, let's keep reading, because I want you to understand something here. He says, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you, right? Now, well, watch this, watch what he did. Now, he's talking to his disciples. He says, now, no longer do I call you servants. Now, 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 I want you to understand something there. He just says something profound, because he had been spending time with the disciples, right? And they have been serving Jesus. They have, they have been you know, they had been serving him. They had been getting to know them. But they had not really come to the point yet where they were really friends yet. See, they were servants. In fact, Jesus said in a couple of places, Jesus says, there's a lot of things that I want to share with you, but you're not ready yet. How I many know with, with, with kids? There, there are a lot of things. You know, with kids when they're little, you, you, there are a lot of things they can't handle. You, you can't give it to them because they haven't progressed to the point where they can handle it. So you remember the disciples oftentimes they used to argue about who was going to be the greatest. They would go through all this stuff. And so there was a growth process. And so Jesus said, now, I no longer call you servants. Because servant, what is the main job of a servant? A servant doesn't do what they're told. They just come in and what do you want me to do? I do it. But when you come into the inner circle, not only do you do it, but you know why it's being done. In other words, you're, you get the details. Now watch what Jesus was saying here. Now watch. He says, now no longer do I call you servants. So everybody say they're getting ready to get promoted. See? Remember we said earlier that just because you're a Christian don't mean you're a friend of God. 
See, how many know there's a progression? You have to grow into the things of God. Jesus said, now, no longer do I call you servants, because that's, that's what you were, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. See? So he's going to take them from servant to friendship. Watch this. But I call you what? Say it less and loud. But I call you what? For all things that I know have, have heard from my father, watch this, I make known to you. Wow. Jesus says, everything my daddy tells me, I'm going to let you in on it. Every discussion, he said, everything that my father has said to me, now you can handle it. You've come to a place, now you serve, you've been faithful. I mean, no, you got to be faithful. You serve me. He said, now you've come to a point. Now I'm ready to call you my friend because now I'm going to let you in on everything. Now, that's the kind of friendship that God wants to have with each and every one of you. Not just an intellectual knowledge of God. Not even just serving God. Some Christians are just comfortable just, just you know, doing a little bit here and there, but and, and that's fine, but, but how do you know God wants you to go deeper than that? See, we're going to be spending eternity with our Savior. See, I want to get to know him now. I don't want to, I don't want to wait till I get way up there. To, no, no, no. No, I want to know him now. I want the full benefits and rights and everything that comes with being a saved, sanctified, born-again believer of Jesus Christ. Amen? I want it all now. And, 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 and Jesus to be your friend. If you're a Christian today, you got to ask yourself, ask yourself a serious question. Am I really a friend of God? Am I a friend of God? If you're not saved this morning, there's a whole separate issue. You know, like we talked about those, that Facebook thing, how you keep getting those friend requests? Some of you won't have a Facebook page. You're going to go get a Facebook page now. You know how you keep getting those friend requests? This is another one of those requests. If you don't know him today, God is he's offering you a friend request. He's saying, listen, I want to be your friend. I love you, and I want to have a very deep and profound relationship with you. Every head is bowed. Tomorrow is not promised to you. You can leave this place today and you don't know what will befall you. Or you can make a decision right here, right now to say, today, Lord, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my life. Jesus says that he wants to be your friend today. And you've been running from Jesus. You've been even playing church. But he loved you with an everlasting love. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't want anybody here to die and go to hell. Hell is real. 
It's not make-believe. I don't care what, and it's not the little guy with the red pitchfork. It's much worse than that. Hell is eternal. It's eternal, and it wasn't, God doesn't want anyone here to go there. It exists. That's why Jesus suffered. That's why he was bruised. That's why he was beaten. That's why he dealt with all the things that he dealt with so that he could save the soul of men. If you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor Gary, I have not given my life to Jesus. I want you to slip your hand up and say, today I want to make a decision to follow Christ. We never want to leave this place without giving everybody an opportunity to receive Jesus. This is why we do what we do. If you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, don't resist. That's his love. That's his grace. It is the absolute best life for you. By raising your hand, you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as Savior. I don't know him. I don't know him. I'm not a friend. I don't even know him. And, and I, I want to know him right now. I want to give my life to him. If that's you, raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. We just want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ. This morning, you're a believer. And you know that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you about some things, and you haven't been really walking with God like you should. You've been sidetracked. You've been distracted. And you haven't given Jesus the time that he wants to spend with you. I just want to give you an opportunity. I'm not going to have you come up, but just as a, a show of faith to God and, and admission to him. That's you this morning. You're saying, you're saying, Pastor Gary, you know, you're professing to the Lord, not Pastor Gary, but you're saying to the Lord, 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 I have not really uh, been your friend. I haven't sought to be your friend. I've been distracted. I've been doing a lot of other things. If that's you this morning, uh, just slip your hand up. Let him know it. I see those hands. I see those hands. That's why he loves you. We raise our hand. It's just our way of saying, Lord, we surrender. We're going to change that. We're not going to, we're not, we're going to seek for those of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your salvation. I'm coming back to you. I'm going to pursue you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. Lord Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for chasing me with everlasting love. Thank you for allowing me to be your friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Amen. Just stand to your feet. If you need uh, prayer at all, then we have some prayer counselors up here to pray with you about whatever's happening in your life. And uh, once again, we're so glad that you came to worship with us. And uh, we hope to see you again real soon. Uh, Steve?
Father God, we love you so much, and we yearn for you. This we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen.